0: hello and welcome to me my mother and the apocalypse i am mclean hershpil i am the me and with me is
1: hi i'm anne mcdonald mclean's mom
0: um and this is a podcast where me a zoomer talks to my mother about apocalyptic media in this case in this episode we'll be talking about the movie WALL-E but before we do that uh mom let's talk about the term apocalypse apocalyptic and kind of what is about this genre and black like really broad genre too uh that like interest us
1: yeah yeah so um you know first I think it's important to define what. An apocalypse is because I think people use the term um kind of loosely. So do you have the definition handy or so can you I,
0: I so if we're going for the I, I can find the literal definition, but I do think it's one of those words that's kind of changed over time because of its use. Um and I can talk yes. about that. So the Two nouns for giving apocalypse isn't noun is the complete final destruction of the world as described in B- biblical revelation, and two, an event involving destruction or damage on an awesome or catastrophic scale. And mm-hmm. I think that second one's more uh, solid than the first definition.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. And because keep in mind, the example they give here is a stock market apocalypse, which is one of mm-hmm. the things in recent you know, apocalyptic media that has come up is like this apocalypse that happens where it's like technically nothing that bad happens but just something about our life has changed incredibly and i i think that definition really sums up what apocalypse is it it has to be an event that just changes the world around us i don't think it even has to be completely lethal
1: um and i
0: I think you know with the movie we're going to talk about today we can talk about how that's reality kind of in this world where it's like the world can end but also at the same time restart Um, How about you? Like, what's your, what do you think of the definition of apocalypse?
1: Uh, Well, it's interesting. And that's why I wanted to get really clear on the definition before we started this podcast, since we're going to be talking about, um, you know, various media uh, formats that have to do with the apocalypse theme. So I think when I was younger, I used to think in terms of apocalypse being that first definition that like an apocalypse was something That really was, you know, never going to happen, at least in my lifetime. I thought, you know, that it was just a final destruction and it was just a one time event. So like an apocalypse is, I think, how I always thought of it. But um, as I got older, I realized that, yes, there are apocalyptic events happening really continuously. So um, I think it's interesting that it's also become you know, more of a mainstream word in media. And there are so many movies that have apocalyptic themes. And I think for me, early days, um, the first time I really heard it used in a movie was in the movie Apocalypse Now. So I think that's where, for me, when I think about media and the the shift in definition was um, when I saw that movie, uh, as it was, you know, titled, and for the first time, was like, oh, wait a minute, uh, apocalypse doesn't mean just end of world one time event. Um, things happen, you know, throughout history and frankly on a day to day basis that are apocalyptic.
0: Yeah, and also like knowing your grandmother, I can imagine, or not your grandmother, knowing your mother, uh, I imagine the biblical definition probably came up more than the yeah. actual, in my opinion, non-biblical definition that's a little more. Yes. Applicable. Um, I guess like we should maybe now kind of just quickly talk about like our life experiences that uh, have driven us towards like finding this as an interesting topic. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first?
1: Yeah. Why don't you go first?
0: Um, So full disclosure here, I was born in 2000 um, and a year after that, 9-11 happened. And since then, the world has seemed and I have only grown up in a world where there's always just a constant state of America is at war. It's always like over there, all the media, like video games and stuff has to do with this, like kind of final world war three. And it's going to be over. We're fighting through oil resources at the same time. I kind of like around the time I was in like middle school and high school, the zombie craze had come back. And then it's just like, now, you know, I'm coming into adulthood during COVID and, um, like I'm going to be entering the workforce and during COVID is something I've re- re- recently come to realize. And, uh, you know, there's also the fact that like her, like, you know, several of the world's like largest hurricanes have happened in my lifetime. Every other summer has been the hottest summer on record. And like, I think two of the uh, biggest snowfalls in history have happened in my lifetime. That like were snowfalls that hadn't happened since like the 50s or 20s like things like that um and obviously like i'm going growing up with like climate changes like not even really this thing because like i do remember at some point in my life it was talked about as this threat that is coming and now it is something that is here and can no longer be ignored
1: yeah so what you're saying is you think climate change is is it an ongoing apocalypse I think is it heading toward apocalypse?
0: I think it is an apocalypse right now. Um, I think mm-hmm. we're at the point of no return. And I think uh we are now going to have to start living with the con. I think we can do things to make it less worse. Like this isn't me saying, well, it's already screwed. We should just like hit the accelerator. I think we can do things to make this less worse.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: And it's, you know, it's something I was thinking about earlier is like, this is inherently now going to be saw as somewhat of a political podcast, which is because we'll do things like acknowledge that climate change exists.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I do think well, there are things that we've done right now. And uh, with this episode, too, one of the things I can talk about is I don't think there's exactly a we're going to science our way out of this solution. So I think there's going to be more of a, we're going to have to sacrifice luxuries of mankind type deal. Hmm. Uh and that's kind of all I have so how about you? What's
1: Um well let's see. I am not going to start <laughs> off by revealing the year that I was born unlike <laughs> you so we'll just keep that under wraps but um you know I think that my experience um as a child was quite different than your experience as a child in that you have a lot more exposure. I mean, I don't think that there were necessarily more events during your first 18, 20 years of life uh, than there were in my first 18, 20 years of life. I just think you have a lot more access to the ongoing information. Um, So I think that you're acutely aware of all of the events that you could classify as an apocalypse. So for me growing up, um, you know, I was I was I would call myself fairly sheltered and shielded. And even the nature of movies and particularly animated movies, um, you know, it was all Walt Disney uh, little creatures and fairy tales and princesses and things like that. So, um, you know, I didn't have something like a movie like Wally that while it was adorable um, and geared toward kids, it's really quite a serious subject matter and really quite a grim statement about You know, the world and the apocalyptic events that we allow to happen on an ongoing basis and where we could eventually end up. So, um, you know, in a weird way, you talk about being born in 2000 and events like 9 11 being, you know, the things that really, um, you know, stuck with you. You were a baby at the time. But for me, that was probably the most significant what i would consider you know apocalypse moment in in my life and was I, realizing like holy cow like the world and could literally end right to me because
0: i want to stay real quick, i think like dystopias are apocalypse are apocalyptic too because usually dystopias fall some large event and to me more of the thing is i mean less of the actual event itself and more of like Living in a post nine eleven America, where it's just like, yeah, your government spies on you, and you 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 just deal with that. Like that's that happens, and you move on with that. Like that, you know that happens. Like yeah, there's like these rusted out. We are a heightened state of security signs that have to get changed out because they've been there for so long, and like Afghanistan, which is probably the biggest consequence of that whole uh, event just ended like and not even ended we just pulled our troops out like what uh four months ago five months ago
1: yeah yeah so Mm
0: yeah living with the consequences has more been kind of what came to mind so sorry to cut you off but uh
1: yeah no no that's okay but um yeah you're you're going down another rabbit hole there with dystopian themes. so um (laughs) although I guess Wally is dystopian also is it it's
0: dystopian in a very passive way and we can talk about that when we talk about the movie so sure um if you want to start talking about the movie now we can jump onto that I do have like one or two more things I want to say about like history tying in but
1: yeah yeah well I think it's a, a pretty good segue though to you know talk about the fact that that's the first movie that we're going to talk about and um mm-hmm. I think in a uh kind of funny way you tricked me into this podcast <laughs> because um <laughs> you said let's watch Wally and then talk about it and you know I love that movie and yes it's a serious subject matter but It is adorable too. There are great qualities to it. Well, and Um,
0: we could talk about like how grim that is. That's just like living with the idea of like, oh yeah, like the climate's screwed is such like a inerate thing built into our life that it's like, yeah, we're making kids' movies about the fact the world is doomed.
1: (laughs) Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, but anyway, yeah, I think you kind of tricked me into starting or I guess maybe you're just being smart and easing me into this subject matter because I have a feeling that um, Wally is probably one of the lighter. So uh, I have, a, I have a books
0: that we're going to I have a I have a list and it's like yes. Wally, Russian novel, American novel, <laughs> the actual Chernobyl disaster. <laughs> and it just like uh, keeps okay. progressing like that. Great. Um, And particularly (laughs) like with the Russian literature, I'm reminded this quote from a podcast I listened to that uh, the Russian man has a longing to die. And I believe that after reading books written by Russians.
1: Okay. Like these just Great. are
0: such grim. So yes, those will be the happiest episode by far. Okay.
1: Well, thanks. Thanks for uh, easing me in. Yeah. And then what are, what is our next, uh, what's our next movie? Uh, I think we going said it's
0: either going to be Stalker or uh, the one I want to talk about, is just Metro 2033, that book. Okay. Um so, okay. I, I, so we can figure that out because this is also going to come out like every three weeks or so. This will not be like my other podcast, mm-hmm. The Outliers, which you can listen to. And I will probably post this on first um, where it's weekly. And because uh, this is going to be more of like an almost monthly type episode because you are a very incredibly busy person. Yes. And I do one podcast and, a, and an undergrad and graduate degree. So... Okay.
1: Okay. good. Yes. And if you want us to read Russian literature, I need a little bit of time to uh, to read those, because unfortunately, I only read right at bedtime and I feel (laughs) like I would get like three pages in and fall asleep. So yeah. Um, yeah, that, but that might take a little while. So I think yeah. uh, that'll be interesting if we do stalker next. So to yeah. go from Wally to stalker, uh, I think that'll actually, isn't really that fun. a Russian movie too? <laughs> yeah. It is. It so it's going
0: to be like, Oh, this little robot, this other robot, have a dance sequence. I had to eat <laughs> my brother's arm in order to survive the Chernobyl wasteland.
1: Yes, exactly. So I think that'll be a, um, a very, uh, uh, fun juxtaposition yeah in, in reviews so, so
0: great let's uh great. let's start talking about wally so wally came out in and it seems like it came out forever ago uh wally came out and uh crap i had the date up here and i lost it already uh there there you go there's my production but uh this is a kids movie like we should address that first this is a kids movie and it's a fantastic one by far like I almost feel bad to calling it a kid's movie because part of me just having been so in the film world, which is fun is on its own. Yeah. So this movie came out in 2008, nothing significant happened in 2008. There was no sudden crash of stock markets or something like that. Um, but uh, this was like one Pixar's I think I'd say it's their best film they've made.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, it's definitely up there um, for me and you as a kid, uh, you know, you watch this movie repeatedly. Um, uh, it
0: has actually. everything. A young boy, an eight year old one has <laughs> robots and robots. It's
1: <laughs> And a, a depressing commentary on uh, <laughs> the world in which we live, which, yeah, I... you know, the, the funny thing is that, uh, you know, I know that. Uh, Somebody, I remember, I explicitly remember somebody saying to me, you know, it was an adult that they saw Wally and they said, you know, it was great and they loved it because they were a big Pixar fan and said, you know, your son would love it, but the subject matter is a little dark. You know, do you think that will be of a concern for him? <laughs> I was like, no, he'll love it. Because, um, I don't know if you recall, but like when you were in pre-kindergarten, the pre-K teacher told me to stop letting you listen to NPR on the drive there each day because you were scaring the other kids by talking about your concerns about like, you know, crisis in the Middle East and things yeah. like that. so the people
0: um, who listen to this podcast and want to know why I am the way I am, you're getting a window into it. I now realize <laughs> that this is um, a great window and like people are going to listen this and go, oh, that's why.
1: No, <laughs> it makes
0: sense. Yeah, so. I was kind of like, I was thinking I was yeah. like probably the only like, like five-year-old who knew anything about like the horrors of World War II. Um, yes
1: yeah yeah so yeah and like
0: i had that on top of like dick telling like again another like uh, my grandfather your father dick who unfortunately passed away recently um like when i was young would just be like hey you know the world almost ended in uh world war three right like uh, there was just gonna be nukes flying it was gonna be game over because of the russians (laughs) um which again yes that's this is why i turned out the way i did (laughs) Oh, please.
1: No way. You were hardwired that way. You, uh, you were born a little old man. So we just treated you like the adult that you were all along. So, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, getting, getting back to it. Um, yeah, you know, it, it was, uh, it, it's definitely right up there as far as, uh, best, I think, animated movies. I would agree with you on that.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know and also like this movie's working title was trash planet um so let's talk about like the yeah so let's talk about the opening of this movie so the opening movie starts with uh music from i believe it's the musical hello dolly
1: right yeah which Mm -hmm. i don't
0: know if you know anything about that one because you're more the musical one i'm more (laughs) um you know you know but um and it zooms in on Earth, and already I love this detail about Earth because I've been telling you a lot about this particular thing: is that there's space junk all around Earth,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: And there's almost like a brown, hazy cloud above Earth. And I think that's supposed to be the atmosphere. And you mm-hmm. zoom into what you think are skyscrapers, but then you just realize are towers of compacted trash.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: And then, you, like, you see, like, the t- towers of trash are actually bigger than the real skyscrapers. And you eventually zoom in onto this like little robot that's there cleaning up trash. Yeah. Like so where are your like, you know, I do know, you were taking you were actually taking notes, but what are your thoughts on like this opening? And
1: I was taking notes. Um, and you know, the first note that I made was I love the use of the old music mm-hmm. and a musical in particular. Um and the idea of that nostalgia um, and the underlying tone of a simpler time. And I that's what I really like about Wally, too, that he just really clings to that simplicity of um, the old timey movie and the dancing. And despite all of the dismay around him, um, is just looking for the positives. And I think that's very true when you think about any time there's you know, serious or significant event, we do tend to cling to um, the past and times being simpler. So I think that there's a lot of commentary in that opening scene where despite the fact that we find comfort in simplicity and old-fashioned things um, and nostalgia, that we just keep on Doing things that we think are for the purpose of progress, but really, you know, there's just so much destruction as a result of, um, you know, some of some of our progress, you know, with progress comes all of this excess and waste and um, and, you know, destruction.
0: And this movie is also like we should talk about the fact there was so little speaking in this movie. You don't hear a human voice. Yeah. Like speaking for the first 20 minutes of this movie Yep And yep. Um, you know I want to briefly talk About kind of some of the influence of this movie Is this movie is heavily influenced by Charlie Chaplin and Buster and Buster Keaton, who, and you know this, I love like those old silent comedy films and Charlie Chaplin in particular always had a ton of commentary about the world. Like, uh, he does this one modern times and he does like all this commentary about factories and workers. And of course my favorite, the great dictator. Mm -hmm. And he always managed to work in this blend of like physical comedy in addition to trying to think of the word, like social commentary but it was a comedy first uh, it was a comedy first commentary second but like the commentary from that was always so powerful in both those films yeah Um, yeah yeah you know Uh,
1: um just looking at my notes here some of the other things that i noted you know really early on in the movie um Although there are not exact logos mm-hmm. <laughs> utilized, there are definitely in the debris mm-hmm. uh, if you pay attention. So if anybody's going to watch Wally after listening to this, just pay attention in the debris. There are hints at logos um, for various brands and companies yeah. that would imply you know that some of these big box, businesses are major contributors what was the name of the company
0: Uh, by and large that was one and that was like (laughs) again a brilliant name because like it like one it like you know you could replace it for like walmart i really feel like they were going for like a walmart meets because those were the two big companies walmart and target at the time yes because amazon wasn't really a it was a thing Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like what it is now in 2000 i think like in if you made this movie in 2020 everything would suspiciously look like amazon and -hmm, like the company's name would be nile probably or something like that um yeah
1: yeah true
0: yeah and their ceo would look a lot more like uh elon musk rather than george bush i I always like so real quick their ceo is like totally supposed to be george bush standing right
1: you think so i no, think I so know. like no the, i don't that no nah, like, that's a, the that man like come
0: so. on like the kind of like half-whip, but like under with this like halfwit president with like an a evil line an under evilish underline and kind of uh, his respons- mm, responsibility yeah, led so. to this destruction
1: yeah. and it
0: and just were to come out right during the 2008 financial crisis and that not be the commentary kind of
1: yeah, you know, I, that's point. and
0: also he does like the Nixon, like peace sign every time he signs off.
1: Uh huh. Um, Got it. Yeah. So like yeah, that, true. that's
0: why I think that's where that comes from.
1: Okay.
0: Um, but yeah, uh, you know, and of course, I think this is like very much a simplified version of like what kind of climate change and like saving the environment is, which is like physical trash, which is a problem.
1: Uh-huh. I
0: think a lot more of the problem comes from like. Things you can't necessarily see with your eye, like you know, all the ice caps melting from like these insane amounts of CO2 gas. And the first permit the person that comments, Well, you know, it's actually more cows put out more CO2 gas than cars.
1: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
0: one to this person, a mom, I'm sorry, screw off. Uh, <laughs> two, um, yeah, but those cows are a product of again, like the insane amount of wasteful nature that exists within our current society being the way it is. And I think this kind of this movie is like literally the other thing too, is like, you get the, there's this narrative told in the background of like, you see by and large as a company become this huge conglomerate. And then you see like, Oh, you know, this trash is a problem, but we have a solution. We're going to build these robots and they're going to clean up the trash. It's like, but in the meantime, you know, where there's no trash space. Why don't you go to space and this will be a temporary solution. And cut to 800 years later, where it's this one WALL-E unit working as like other WALL-E's litter the background, too. Like, that's a funny thing, too. There's other robots littering the background.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's one of the notes that I made was the solution becomes a part of the problem that there's WALL-E units broken down all over the place.
0: Um, And, you know, I and I want to talk about that, too, because I I keep saying there's this like thought that we're going to science our way out of uh climate change and Mm -hmm. i i I think there are solutions like one definitely being like yeah we need alternative energy sources right now but i think the big thing is like we are not going to science our way out of this problem as easy as uh people think we are going to yeah
1: yeah
0: because there's a problem and i think and i know you're going to roll your eyes i say this but like with the romanticization of people like elon musk becoming like he's going to save us by putting us on mars
1: Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah i think there's a fundamental
0: problem with that and sorry there's this guy common sense skeptic um who everybody i suggest like you go check out his videos he really breaks down this whole starship mars thing and one of the things he talks about is how this project itself starship is actually doing more damage to the environment especially the wildlife where they're launching those rockets
1: yeah Than just like that's that's you exactly know, what this movie is about. Is. Yeah. Is the you know, there there needs to be, while there is definitely a need for, you know, technological advancement and scientific advancement, there's also a need to embrace simplicity and fundamental principles of you know, farming and hard work and you know, utilizing the land and stewardship of the land. And that's exactly what. Wally is that simplicity and and stewardship because he's still doing his job and exploring and being hmm. curious and then Eva, you know, enter Eva, she's destructive. Yeah. But, you know, she's she's the advanced technology so they originally started with like, you know, I'm sure Wally when he was introduced, the Wally units, it was probably like, whoa, that's and the most amazing becomes- technology.
0: Less destructive, but only after she's utilized properly. Like there are definitely like ways we can be utilizing technologies, people like electric cars. Yes, those could be good, but you know what's better is like just downsizing the amount of cars in general. And like, yeah, we have like electric shuttles taking people from place to place. Like and one, like it's like, well, then there's just the roads will be clogged with buses. There's like a great image, and this is like my you know me, I'm like a public transport nerd. Um, there's this great image that shows, uh, I think it's a hundred people, it shows a hundred people, each one of them having cars and a hundred people. And then each one of them ride sharing. And then shows a hundred people in the fact it fits into two buses. And how okay, like, I
1: got to call you out on something. You're <laughs> yeah. a public transportation nerd. Is that what you said? When have you ever ridden public? Oh, I'm not saying I, Give me a break.
0: No, but I'm no, what I'm saying, but you're, you're missing. Uh, my point is I'm saying like, what we need to do is like reorient to our system as a whole so we're using less in general yes like no i'm talking about exactly. like in the fact i like logistics of how it works i like okay. logistics okay let me rephrase i'm a logistical nerd and actually okay. yeah you know what my, my favorite times of transfer were when i took the train back to school and forth but because okay. of how american transit's designed like it's nearly impossible to get like a direct line train from my school to here and it's i would and trust me if it was easier i would but like the way america transit's designed and i like i get europeans who are like why don't you just use public transit it's like i it, i live yeah. on a farm like you can't walk to public transportation that easily from where i am no nope. um but yeah so yeah eva is showing up is obviously the thing but before that like we also i like they keep in with the joke of the like only things to survive the apocalypse will be cockroaches and twinkies by showing (laughs) both those things and i I I was watching this little documentary about the making wally and they said they wanted to because it's like a staple of like pixar films they all usually have like a cute side creature yeah and like i'm sure if like you go back to any pixar movie from my childhood there's evidence of that and um in this particular case it was the cockroach because they figured that's probably the only thing that would be on earth but they had a the challenge of how do we make a cockroach a cockroach look cute? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. do you think they achieved that?
1: <laughs> uh, I do. I do. Because they made him like a little dog. They, you know, gave him ca- characteristics like a pet and him, you know, diving into the um, Twinkie makes him cute. Yeah, I think they yeah. achieved
0: that. Um, on that note, too, though, like we see and I think you're saying there's like so, like, you know, historical stewardship, it's like one of those things that like concerns me a lot when I just kind of end up doing the math in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, I think there's, uh, I think the problem is that, like, you know, there's a lot more focus on knocking down buildings and turning them into new buildings. Versus like (laughs) we could just we could talk about something that happened around us very recently, but like nobody takes care of things like things are thrown out and replaced so often now. Yep. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: It's like it's concerning, too.
1: It is. It is. I mean, and think about, um, you know, stores that perpetuate this. And, you know, I won't name the names of department stores, but I will. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you think about like, uh, you know, places like Kohl's or, yeah. you know, even Target where they just encourage like cheap items that you can buy, use and throw away, yeah. um, you know, and I'm not saying that I'm opposed to people getting good deals or bargains, but it really is this, you know, we, we really do live in this disposable society And have this mindset of, you know, well, you know, when I'm done with it, I just throw it away and uh, I have a real hard time with that. Um, Yeah you know and that's what i think <laughs> that is pretty much what uh what what the movie is all about and you know my my summary comment at the end was just or the word that i kept coming back to was stewardship you know we just you need to take care of things you, yeah. you must you, you have to work and take care of things um whether that's personal possessions whether that's you know the land the world um we just need more stewardship versus ownership you
0: know yeah and it's and it's the whole thing and like you know we're dealing with this right now we're like we live in a fairly rural area and it's nice I hear One of the things I was telling dad is I actually kind of like it during the winter because it kind of looks apocalyptic. I have like a total love for the apocalyptic aesthetic. Like I, I'll stare at pictures of Chernobyl in my spare time. I'm that type of person. Do I okay, think no, I want. That's weird.
1: I, it's disturbing. But like there, but you, okay, go on. Yeah, <laughs> there's
0: like you have to admit there's like this inherent beauty, especially in like the winter of like kind of the bareness of the land.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And
0: now like to think that they're probably going to end up like, you know, these laws and land are being sold off near us and they're going to end yes. up putting like townhouses or like these yes. huge, stupid um building company that we might not want to name for reasons yep.
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, near us that are like popping up these houses that I don't know who's buying these houses to is that the funny thing, because it's like, it's well, everyone. like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I guess I'm used to, I'm I'm used to talking to Zoomers who can't afford who, who have like like accepted the fact we won't be able to afford houses. So um yeah, okay. that's so uh, yeah. Um but yeah, no, it's this whole thing that's so just like wasteful. It's like why not just make stewardship out of the land? Or um another thing I, I've talked about too is like there's also I feel like you know, we use the term spartan saying how people should live. But I feel like there's a difference between living as and not just like living with these mass waste. And it's like, you know, it's the thing you're talking about, like clothes that is going to be purchased to be thrown out. Like there's not an idea of like reusing things in society, in this society, even to the point where it's like, um, you know how like at the end of the year, every year, there's like those dumpsters they put outside my campus and Uh those get like filled up. I think about like how much of that, like, you know, people are throwing mini fridges, vacuums, lamps, yeah. couches, yeah. and how much of that just kind of end up sitting in like some landfill in New Jersey?
1: Yes. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's true. It is, um, it's mm-hmm. a serious concern. And yeah, that idea of like, oh, well, why, you know, just throw it away. You'll get one you know, at the beginning of next semester, you'll buy a new one next year. Yeah, I have a a huge, uh, huge huge challenge
0: yeah and like i i mean to the point like where it's like one of those things like i'm actually kind of glad i've been holding on to my busted up microwave i'm <laughs> i'm pretty sure one of my roommates took my actual microwave and i have their busted up microwave but uh i'm not gonna <laughs> not my okay. current roommates but my old roommates but uh i'll throw i won't throw around an c- accusation i don't care because it works but it's like yeah does the nine button not work yeah but i've learned how to, to uh get around that um <laughs> So you know, uh, it's yeah, it's great. I type in 360 to get my microwave to work because the four minute button doesn't um <laughs> but
1: can <good> work around.
0: <laughs> yeah, it works, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, like at the end of the year that happens I like to the point where I feel bad about it, like uh, every year when I see that and I've tried to do that less and less, like be one of the people that's throwing out like their belongings unless it's like the only time I ever the last time I threw something out it was like, my chair that like broke under me because it like was I got it, I got I got it on a deal and it was kind of built a little shoddily yep. and
1: yeah, exactly busted exactly. out from
0: under me. So um Eve arrives on Earth with the mission of she's looking for something we don't quite know it is until um Wally brings Eve into his like home thing that's like one of these converted Wally transporter trucks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Um And we then realized that she was looking for plants like she's
1: life, like sign of life, right? Yeah. Which
0: I don't know why the cockroach wouldn't show sign of life. But, you know, Uh, yeah, yeah, kids movie logic. So, you know, yeah, just true. Or like True. even the fact that there's fire on the surface of Mars because fire needs air to, or surface of Earth because fire needs air in order to.
1: Right. But I think that's kind of the point of him having the lighters and being able to light the lighters yeah. is that there is the, um, you know, the the atmosphere necessary for life. So mm-hmm. he's on to something. I don't think that's an accident that he's yeah. playing with the lighters. I think it's like the
0: solid he, evidence yeah. is the Earth.
1: Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing, though, the the reason that um, the cockroach doesn't register is, you know, you already brought it up the whole joke about twinkies and cockroaches yeah. are the only things that will survive an apocalypse so i think
0: that's been disproven <laughs> yeah in they're cases. proving
1: that one twinkies are not food and two cockroaches are not you know <laughs> living creatures they're yeah. something else so um yeah i think that's that's why the plant life is what uh, she is looking for but my point earlier was that she is, she's seeking, she's on a mission to find life, but she is very destructive. Her reactions are all completely destructive. Yeah. And I think that's My illustrated. My reaction is
0: really unstable right now. So yeah, we were talking about. We were talking uh, about being yeah. destructive.
1: Yes, that that her reaction, that's what I was um, just saying. Was that you know her mission? Although her mission mm-hmm. is, um, and I, by the way, I do like when she's asking him like what his purpose Dr- is and directive, and he, right? Oh, right, directive, directive. And then uh, you know he shows her, and then he asks her, and she's like classified.
0: <laughs> and I funny. love how he does the ta-da after he compacts the trash thing.
1: Yes, exactly. Wally is right, such
0: right. like. Can I take? Because yeah. I love like it, I love the design of Wally. Because yep. one, it shows like the technological difference between the two robots.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um,
0: but two, I just love how like blocky and industrial he looks. Yeah. Like, yep. I love like that industrialist looking architecture. I think it's like one of the reasons I love Star Wars. I love like all these other yep. like, I and again, like, I like apocalyptic things, dystopians. I just like love the look of things that like look like flying bricks and all like, and chunky and like yep. kind of look like they were slapped together, like. Yeah. kind of have that like somewhat of like austerity look yep and yep. wally like fits that because like they like i think they said they just wanted him purposely to look like a cube because uh-huh. they wanted like to look like what would be like the most like rugged looking thing so what if it's a robot that looks like a cube and when you think like oh r2d2 looks like a rolling trash can but he looks like a sleek rolling trash can but this thing looks like a rolling brick and it, i love that
1: right yeah, he's a he's like a he's just like a little mobile trash compactor, and that's what you pic- picture is just this little rectangular square thing that can go across all terrain and squash things yeah. and, and destroy and things.
0: And like, it's a funny thing too. Like, I I just like looked up the concept art, and he's the only robot that does not change that much in terms of design. Like, he they had they clearly had that idea from like concept one. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah it's all about him. So it mm-hmm. makes sense. That does make sense. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think it's, um, interesting the, the personality difference between the two. I mean, of course, Eva does evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, which that's interesting. I mean, that just occurred to me that she does evolve and her name is Eva. I wonder if there was any, uh, any deliberateness there um or if just well
0: her like, actual like designation is eve so i don't think that was a mistake at all with the yes. uh yeah yeah you know yes wally and eve and the rebirth of earth i don't think that was a mistake yeah. no,
1: well no that that is definitely not a mistake but i'm just thinking like evolution
0: at eve, eve, Eva. Yeah.
1: evolution get it yeah
0: there? Um, um go ahead yeah. And I also feel like too, like we see the design of Wally versus like the other robots, like everything I like on the spaceship, everything looks like so sleek, but gets way. I mean, we could talk about this more when we get to the actual spaceship part, but everything looks sleek, but at the same time, is so much more wasteful.
1: Yes, of course. Of course. And that's um, the point. It's all an illusion. They're basically yeah. just hiding and, you know, keeping people's eyes on screens. No, uh, no, yeah. no hidden meaning there. But for <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> um, yeah, one other thing before before we do make the uh, the the transport and and go to life on the mm-hmm. ship. I do love the reference um, to the video game Pong, <laughs> um, you know. I mean, I yeah, remember when she's, Pong as a kid. When I was a kid, we only had Pong.
0: Well, well yeah. <laughs> well, fortunately, we did she, have
1: more than that. But it, when
0: she locks up after sensing the plan and like sucks in the plan and like lock goes into lockdown mode, yeah, he has Pong. And what was it like 900, yes. 9,099, Yes, something yeah. Like that. And
1: he's playing her because, right? Yeah. Exactly. You could basically play Pong with somebody who was asleep.
0: So yeah. I remember like something said Pong is like a game that technically there's a chance that like they'll get lucky and like if you got still you could get lucky and just like lock it into a deadlock of going back and forth. You
1: you could you could yeah that was like the goal after you realized how (sighs) dumb it was (laughs) that you would you would get the two. Well, paddles, but we're actually just like lines, like right up against each other. And the pong would just like um, <laughs> bounce back and forth. <laughs> so, yeah, videos come a long way. Yeah,
0: video games are so much more fun now. Like, I have like SimCity where I could build like an entire city on my computer right. screen.
1: Right. Um, yeah. But you know what? Here's a great example of things that become obsolete. And now they're just trash because mm-hmm. you literally, I know up there in your uh, yeah. studio <laughs> that there is a box filled with old video games. And I keep saying to you, what are you going to do with these? And yeah, and I, you know, I, nobody I, wants them.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing I've been thinking about is just like, we like, did, I try to get everything digital now anyway.
1: Yeah. Yep. Because yeah, like, I know.
0: Mm-hmm. like I just like I try to get everything digital now and that's one of the better things about like modern times is like digital is kind of a better solution yes uh, on the other hand I don't really want like I've been thinking like I still kind of want to have these because I they're not going to be worth anything but like oh no there's like oh what if something happens to the market I keep all my dig- all my digital saved video games on it's besides the point but yeah like I imagine the amount of CDs DVDs And game discs that are probably going to be sitting in landfills in the next several years. Yeah, exactly. Well,
1: that's what we have a bunch of um, DVDs and
0: VHS. Wait a minute.
1: I'll even admit I still have cassette tapes. I have nothing to play them on, nor would I. Yeah. play them but I feel bad putting those into a landfill or even you yeah. know you oh, there's gonna, gonna be like a hipster, and... don't worry
0: there'll be like a hipster movement
1: uh because <laughs> exactly. like isn't that
0: the, that's the thing like right now isn't like vinyl is like back
1: well yeah vinyl never really went out though so um yes vinyl's different though than a cassette tape that's for sure no nobody's ever gonna be I like, remember my I freshman quality my of freshman year tape.
0: the big thing like I always saw like groups of, like Henny girls dorm my freshman year that I saw um was like the big thing where those uh cameras that like can shoot, print out the picture right away again.
1: Mm. Oh, Polaroids. Polaroids, Polaroids. Yes. they were back. Yes. And it's
0: like we have phones. Yes. Nobody yeah. cares. And it's just <laughs> like well, every I swear to god every 18 to 19 year old girl that freshman year yes. of college has like the wall of Polaroid images that they've taken yes. with a, a camera yeah, yeah. They spent way That's too much funny. money on. Um yeah. And a thing I'll like, tell you,
1: but brilliant marketing on somebody's part. Like, how do we yeah. take this obsolete product and and make it have a comeback? So, good, yeah, good, you know, more more power to them. Good job, Polaroid. And, and I know some like
0: photography people do, who still like take pictures with film because, like, there's yeah. some you can do like a lot of tricks on film that you can't do on digital. And I know some right. people who shot on film recently, so maybe films not, but like, those are such niche things, but like in terms of how we actually play those things, we don't do much with it, but yeah. And it's the other thing too. It's like, uh, I think dad was talking about how you can't really throw out TVs anymore because of all the like toxic crap inside of them.
1: Yes. And
0: like, how many like TVs have, has our family alone gone through too?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we we do a pretty good job
0: though. Um, yeah they so just sit in our basement
1: <laughs> exactly well that's a, yes literally we have a talk about actually we have a tv down in the basement that looks like wally it's <laughs> like a big square and all you have to do is put some little treads on them and it would be wally yeah, <laughs> and it has too. the uh, the attached uh, vhs player so um another thing that yeah it's sitting down there because i don't know what to do with it because i don't want to put it in a landfill yeah exactly we should. we should turn it into a wally let's do that yeah, there we go yeah. there's our project
0: yeah and <laughs> the other thing wally. too i think is that in terms of ways there's the rtv that was just too big to throw out the, in our old house the one that every time we turned it on all the hot lights we couldn't run the vacuum at any part of the house at the same time as that tv
1: that thing, or the yeah. power
0: would go out <laughs> in the neighborhood no yeah so okay we're getting off so let's talk about when while well, they eventually so the spaceship comes back and takes eva and mm-hmm. we see them leave earth and there's debris all over space
1: yes, yes. and one of your favorite subjects mm-hmm.
0: yeah well because recently i heard about this horrifying thing called kessler syndrome i'm not going to like go off about it too much um, but like basically summing up Kessler syndrome is when there's too much stuff in space because of irresponsible shooting stuff into space, they hit each other, create more debris that hits more debris and then you have tiny meteor showers that destroy things here on earth because one of the great thing about satellites is we design them to to hold up against re-entry fairly well. So great. I'm sure that's gonna be yeah anyway, so sorry that's my there's my little preaching about like, you know, maybe certain people who have private corporations that shoot junk into space all the time shouldn't be shooting junk into space all the time. Yeah, <clears throat> true. Um. So when we get to the axiom, one, I like the name of the axiom because I think it's like the perfect angle. Or I think it's like a mathematic term for like the perfect angle. Mm-hmm. I like that they made it look like a modern cruise ship. I don't know your thoughts on that. But because uh, like, Modern cruise yeah. ships, like there's this whole study about like how like we should probably just stop doing this as a practice because of one, that, like the worker rights that are violated on a daily basis on those things. And two is that, like, how much how bad they are for the environment to be something yeah. that's not a necessary yeah, form exactly. of transportation.
1: Well, exactly. I mean, you know, and again, that's no accident that that's yeah. what it is. It's just about you know human comfort do as little as possible, be fed, be entertained. Um, you know, (laughs) don't even walk from place to place, just, you know, become giant blobs and don't worry about what you're doing. Um, you know, don't worry about how you're taking care of yourself. Don't worry about how you're taking care of the earth or the atmosphere. And, I agree. I mean, sorry, I'm not trying to bash the cruise ship industry. Um, I am. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, hold back. But, you know, yeah, it's just about that, um, you know, our our desire to just be given creature comforts and entitlement. I think we live in a society of entitlement. And why shouldn't we have everything that we want and be as comfortable as possible at all times, um, no matter the expense to everyone else or
0: the world. Something uh, that occurred to me recently is like, honestly, it's probably better to buy things in places that aren't ordering from a certain online store company at all all times, because how much is just wasted in the effort to like, you know, you want paper towels. So instead of going out to get them, you, you,
1: Sorry, I don't know if you could hear that. Oh. I,
0: I think I could. Um, sorry. Yeah, sorry. But like,
1: well, you'll have to edit that out. Why <laughs> don't you back start your sentence? So, what I was again? saying
0: is like, you know, I've just been thinking about how we live in a period of time, which is probably so much better to go get two brick and mortar store, even if you're driving your car, because the mm-hmm. amount process, like when you order something, that like, um, it's like, oh, I want this thing. And I should, I, oh, it's on Amazon. And I just at the company, I shouldn't put the name of. um <laughs> So it's, oh, it's on sale. So I buy it. And now that's gone on the airplane that will, probably went off a ship. And now you're just going to have delivery truck that's spilling out. God knows what terrible crap into the environment. to So you yeah. can get it on like day shipping. And that's like one of those things that actually like, makes me think like, even though this is the easier way to do it, is it necessarily the best way to do it?
1: Yeah, I feel like we could have a whole show debating that um, because I think that there are pros and cons. And I think, you know, love to see somebody do their environmental science master's thesis. And I'm sure there is somebody doing Mm -hmm. that on, you know, the pros and cons of online shopping and delivery versus, you know, the alternative of going to brick and mortar because I could theorize, you know what, when I'm buying online, I'm just buying what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm walking up and down the aisles of the store, I probably buy 20 things that I don't need. So, you know, and is that just perpetuating the yeah. um, you know, kind of that disposable society
0: that we live in yeah so So, let's um let's talk about on the ship so first Mm -hmm. off i again i i love physical comedy so much like i think you know this it's like one of the reasons i i'm always ashamed that like what's her name uh from saturday life who played sean spicer like her career never because she was such a good mccarthy because like her movies weren't the best but she was just so good at like committing to the because like that's the thing about physical comedy that makes it work on emanate animation it's like you really have to like commit yeah. physically like it's also the reason christmas medications my favorite christmas movies they commit <laughs> um
1: yeah yeah
0: and like you know they have that little robot uh mo uh-huh. obviously three stooges that's cleaning and i, I always thought that's yes. the funniest part of that movie because it's just like the little dedication to clean everything
1: Yes, yeah, I know. I love it when Wally puts his like little tread on him (laughs) just to like torture him, and it shows. You know, Wally's just got that really sweet and well, and that's the funny thing is. Sense of humor.
0: I was thinking about this like, Wally is dirty, but he's not bad for the environment. (laughs) Right. Um, He's solar powered. That's and you know, the other thing too is like he's just dirty, and like I think people don't realize dirty like. One of the things I do say is like, I, you know, there's, I was watching this whole thing and reading these articles about talking about it's like, you know, actually try to hold on to your car for as long as you can because like a new electric car actually does a lot to damage the environment. But the thing is, like, yeah, it's sleek and clean and impressive, doesn't mean that it's necessarily better for the environment. Um, it's like, unfortunately, one of the things, but like, sometimes like you have to like appreciate the grime of things is kind of bad. It's like, um, you know we've talked about this like getting fresh fruit versus getting fruits like yeah when you get fruit from the store it comes in the bag it's like all polished and shiny and looks great yeah
1: exactly versus great. like when
0: you get like a but like that kind of dirty piece of fruit it's dirt guess what it came up out of the ground it was in dirt at some point if it's like a carrot That's that got ripped out of the ground it's gonna be dirty right. i'm getting off right. topic but like there's i like that about wally's like it, overall he's kind of better for the environment because he's trying to <laughs> You know as you said stewardship of the earth which is a very dirty process versus this very clean like we'll just get away from the problem we'll look away we'll go to mars right or in space
1: yeah, yeah. he's um, organic <laughs>
0: yeah you know and also i'm just reminded like ben Burt did 90 of the robots in this movie he's a voice actor okay um and apparently like he originally wasn't going to do this but he liked the script so much because he had done star wars before this and swore to his wife he was never going to do another movie involving robots but I was so moved by the script for wally he came back to do it
1: oh wow that's cool and yeah. what does he do what i'm trying to think of like what um, voices does he's he do?
0: all the robot sounds He's doing all the sounds. Like, oh, he's really? he's a sound yeah. studio guy. Yeah, oh, he's like cool. one of those guys.
1: Yeah. Oh, so he's not doing voice, yeah. because he's doing the also, sound. Also, uh, the it, ship's
0: computer it, that explains it. everything to the captain, that's warning weaver.
1: <laughs> You're kidding.
0: She's in every sci-fi. I think, like, there's some, she has must have some curse cool. contract that she has to appear in any <laughs> sci-fi movie yeah, that any takes sci-fi. place in space. Uh, um, that's,
1: that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah,
0: I mean, like, to be, like, she is, like, somewhat the queen of sci-fi, like, because she, like, brought, like the first major um, sci-fi female character into like media that wasn't like either really overly sexualized or just kind of a background character. So, yeah. Um, and I also like, uh, what's this Fred Willard, uh, who plays the CEO too. Like, I also like that's live action too. Like, it's kind of funny they to like show the leap in time. But yeah. <laughs> because we had watched um what's the movie best in show not that long ago right i can only yeah. think of his lines or best in show while we were watching it um yeah. but on the axiom one of the things that really kind of like was apocalyptic to me leaning more into dystopy thing was like how in your face the marketing for everything was yeah and like you know it's like there's still marketing stuff. Like, that's the whole thing. It's like, I almost like had this thought uh, like, oh my God, it's like the final stage of capitalism, which is just like Stalinist communism of like that fear of like, everything's going to be 1984. We'll all dress the same, but it's going to have a nice upbeat attitude about it at least. Um <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, it's easier to keep people, um, you know, the the goal was to have people not questioning yeah. anything. I mean, that's the whole point. Like if somebody at some point started saying, you know, why are we not trying to go back to Earth? Why, yeah. you know, should we conform? In a much darker we version, we that away? guy's like
0: shot out the space locker uh, by two of those security <laughs> robots. <laughs> that guy's floating yeah, exactly. around in space right, right right yeah right yes <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah there could be like edited version right of the yeah. person who actually you know questions authority
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah. but i think like it's also that like very much that kind of like you know i want to ignore the actual thought of how terrifying this world is yeah um and That's you where know
1: you- Going back to, hang on a sec, just the thought of like who ends up actually questioning the way things are supposed to be done. Well, first of all, the ship's captain does finally, but, um, but Eva does too. Yeah. Um, You know, where she evolves um, before a lot of the humans do, uh, which I think is a very interesting thought about artificial intelligence. And I guess we need to talk about that, too. The idea of artificial intelligence. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, I don't think there's too much. I don't and- think there's too much of a discussion around AI because it's one. Like, we can have the actual discussion of, like, AI where it's at right now is, like, very basic. Like, you hear the article, this AI will destroy the world. And, like, AI is not that advanced. It probably won't. I actually thought this is a very, like, realistic depiction of what robotics will look like.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Which mm-hmm. is, like, yeah, you probably will have flying robots at some point. The thing is, like, this shows what they'll probably be capable of, which is very specific jobs. Because, mm-hmm. like, we have yeah. that whole scene well, where, we like. have that. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, they're they're doing assembly lines, and that's kind of what you can do with AI and robotics. So you can get them. I think the idea of AI learning, like Wall-E, obviously happens after some major flaw. Kind of a, oh, Uh what's that movie with the robot that goes like it's a military uh, robot that goes rogue?
1: Two thousand
0: and one. No, no, it's a different. It's like a sillier movie. No, I don't know. I don't know. Point being, no, I think there's definitely like at. As you said, like kind of like AI is there. I don't think there's much of a discussion, but I think the whole thing of like this idea is obviously the HAL 9000 reference that is the ship's uh, yeah. what's the name of that robot? It's not, uh, oh yeah, a A One Thirteen, which is apparent or A113, which is apparently a reference to like a classroom that half the animation staff in Pixar spends their <laughs> life in,
1: right? Yeah, that's cool.
0: Um Which, uh, you know, is a fun reference, but uh, the thing I think in regards to that too is like, you know, the thing that really sticks out to me is like the idea of having pop-ups in your face all the time. Because like, you know, uh, I'm sure like you've done this too, where you're trying to actually like read a serious article about something. And like you can't actually get through it because like there's so many ads. Like, would you like to subscribe? Hey, look at this thing, look at this thing, look at this thing. Hey, I'm distracting you. I'm distracting you. Please look at this thing. Buy shit. Um, oh. yeah. And it's just oh. like the imagine the thought of that being like right in your face at all, because you're like chair bound on these hover chair things is terrifying. Um, and like I, it's a pro it's a fear I have when like the solutions to like, Hey, things are really bad. And I kind of don't like how things are going. And you have Mark Zuckerberg going, how about you have VR? It's like, no, nope, that's not at all what I do. How about augmented reality? No, I don't want to wear these stupid sunglasses, which we tried that already with Google glasses. It's like, <laughs> why don't we focus on making the world better? It's like, no, no, here's this like substitute. So you don't have to focus on It's like, And then like, you get the idea, like a friend of mine, I were talking about this, like the reality of like this Facebook, what are they calling that Facebook VR place? The metaverse? Meta.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, the reality is you're going to put on your headset, it's going to suck. And then like, you're going to try to do something in it and you'll be bombarded with ads. And then after like 15 minutes, of like dismissing ads, you'll finally do the thing you want to do. And it's like a lesser version of something you could actually do in real life.
1: Well, and that's exactly, you know, that that brings us back to that's exactly what this movie is all about. And frankly, (laughs) how even, you know, well, I'm not going to say minor things, but things, you know, this takes us back to the term apocalypse, um, you know we think of it as always just being like something that causes like trauma in the moment, but we have to realize all the apocalyptic moments that are happening on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, to your point, frankly, the idea of something like meta where, you know what, our outside world is really sucky. So let's have a virtual reality world exactly you know that's terrifying to me because yeah. i mean that is literally us all getting on it's the matrix the wally ship you know we're on axiom and traveling somewhere yeah. so that we don't have to pay attention to what's real and what's happened and what's dirty and messy and destroyed and instead of trying to fix the problem and
0: i i think a problem is like there's there's, there's this whole thing you can talk about, like with Tony, like there's this syndrome uh, that me and a friend made up called Tony Stark syndrome, which is this idea that there is a billion out there, a billionaire genius who's going to save you and save humanity with their technology alone. And I don't think that's out there. I don't think a single person is going to save all of us. I think it's up to everybody as a collective to do something where else we live in Wally. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, and you know why you, you, you believe that is because you watched Wally over and over again as a kid. <laughs> and you learned that at the end, if you don't want to be a big fat blob on your hover chair mm-hmm. uh, that you need to, you know, roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty uh, and, you know, help fix the problem, which is, you know, cleaning up the earth and, and yeah, you know, farming. It's it and, one of
0: those things that like, you know, and we could talk about this too, but like the whole thing I've like I've come to really enjoy the idea of just like one being more in tune with like keeping things that like not as they are. like I'm not like, don't get me wrong, I'm a progressive person. I want a lot of social progress. I believe there's a lot you can do with technology. However, we're not inventing our way out of what we've gone ourselves into.
1: Uh, yes, I I would agree I, I was, with that entirely And, there, I, you know, I'm sure that anybody You know, it's easy I think, you know, you ta- you tend to take A little bit of a polarizing opinion Though and I, I'd say and that yes, like, and, the likes of Elon Musk and, you know Is only for the purpose of Thinking that he's going to You know, heroically science Us and, out of any problem
0: and, but, I, and I call him A charlatan and I, I Here's my whole thing. It's um, what's her name? They just put her on trial. Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. She, yes. she. OK, so I'm going to quickly talk about. So she got in trouble because she promised something that was impossible. I'm not saying it won't ever be possible, but she promised that she had the technology for something that you couldn't do in our time right now. And she took a lot of money from and she took money from. Yeah. Well,
1: I think that I don't think that um, science and progress was her goal. No, (laughs) her goal was making a lot of money was her goal. And then
0: you have the other guy uh, who his whole thing is he's promising I'm going to do this thing to save us and Mars and all this other these other projects like was it like Solar City, all these other things that he keeps promising will solve these issues. And then like, it's like this whole, uh, this whole thing. I was watching something that was like, they promise one thing and then they move on to the next thing quickly enough that we forgot about the last thing. So it's kind of like this media circus of like, Ooh, Hey, look at this pretty thing. Look at this pretty thing. Hey, um, I don't know about you guys, but I don't remember New York having so much water in it. Um, which is like, that was, was that this summer or last summer that like the New York subway started flooding?
1: Uh, I don't know. That's yeah, I, you part. haven't
0: been, in, I forget, it might, it might have been like two summers ago too, but oh. recently, recently enough, I was in college when it happened, the New York subway started flooding, mm. <laughs> um, which is not good.
1: Yeah. Um, so are you saying that that's because of global warming or because of, you know, lack of
0: I'm saying it's,
1: infrastructure or what? Well,
0: I'm going to say it's two things. It's lack of taking care of the infrastructure we already okay. have.
1: Yeah,
0: and then I'm going to also say yeah because there's like so even if you say oh that's just because we had a irregular storm that we don't usually have well that mm-hmm. if you look at the roots of that irregular storm we don't usually have it's coming back to this thing where we're having more extreme um, weather as a result of this greater climate change that we've been going through like I think. You know, we've had we've had a lot of tornado warnings the last year or so. Right. And yes, we yes. used to never get tornado warnings.
1: No, not here. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So yeah. that's that's a good example of like. yep. Earth yep. is trying to sure. tell us. Something. And here's what I say. Saving the save the earth is a bad slogan. It should be save our own asses. Because <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, if you ever done the clean yeah. function on your oven, that's what's mm-hmm. going to happen the Earth will be fine. We're the ones mm-hmm. who are in danger. Um yeah.
1: Yeah, right. So moving
0: on. So we do get to the ending of this movie, which is through antics, a very sad Pixar moment where you think our hero has fallen. Yes. But we do get to see humanity get to Earth, take steps on Earth again, and start anew. Yes. Um,
1: um, yeah. Um
0: and I don't know if you took any notes on this, but those uh those end credit scenes, I like they kind of show like a new evolution of Earth.
1: Yes. And that they're using hieroglyphics basically. Yeah. Hieroglyphics, and then they like they go yeah, on to like show the tiles seeing.
0: from like Renaissance era. It's a really good yes. ending and it shows like, yeah, this is.
1: Yes. Plus it's punctuated with a really awesome uh, Peter Gabriel song. So yeah, Peter Gabriel. Makes it,
0: Apparently he like spent like a hu- just insane amount of time working on that because he wanted yeah because he was like i wanted to start off electronic and then i wanted to get more natural sounding Mm -hmm. and then like apparently somebody said you have to this has to this song has to come out when the movie comes out um but yeah you know here's a a show pixar doesn't miss i can't like i don't watch modern pixar movies but i can't think of one that doesn't get a good rating from you know because like you know and again i think wally's a brilliant movie because it tells a story without talking a whole lot. Like they don't really just explain a ton of things.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, agree. Agree. Yeah. It is definitely, um, you know, very, very up there. I think um, not only from a perspective of a kid's movie, Pixar movie, but, you know, telling a very powerful story, um, you know, even if kids are watching it and not getting it, when they're young, hopefully at some point they're going to be like, oh, wow, I get what that movie was about now, um, you know, and I, I need to. I,
0: there's a very unfortunate truth that a lot of people will watch movies. Trust me, I have, I you know, we can um, on my Outliers podcast, you can listen to me and Tyler talk about this when we talk about the movie Starship Troopers. There are a ton of people who watch movies and don't understand the, pe- the purpose. Like I once listened to someone. They watched a po- uh, not apocalypse now uh, nineteen seventeen, and it, and like their takeaway from it, yeah, it was a pretty cool movie. It was pretty badass. And then they wanted to go talk uh-huh. about how like we should remain in Afghanistan.
1: Uh huh. Pretty cool movie. It was badass. Where you like, and
0: then talked about how World they should
1: war one.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, remain in <laughs> Afghanistan, which you know we want to talk about minor apocalypses. I think that movie's fairly apocalyptic on its own like that one guy like a world war one on its own is incredibly apocalyptic if you ever just look at it like ugh, god well,
1: yes like yeah, any like, war
0: can be yeah war in general is apocalyptic but like apocalyptic. the brutality of world war one in general is like i couldn't imagine like it's one of those things that uh a guy whose podcast i listen to uh said something recently on one of his episodes where it's like, you know, it's, I hear about things like this and it makes me really glad that I was in the army when I was, but it's like, I'm just glad I was in the time. I was in this time and that not not that time, because boy, does that just seem like a miserable time to be alive? Like as bad as things are now, at least like, I'm not going to get drafted to go fight in, in France because Germany's at war with France and England's involved and we have to support England but this started because Russia attacked Serbia.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And okay, got off topic. So I'm going to call uh, I'm going to call yeah, tangent alert here because yeah. now you're really spiraling yeah. down yeah. The rabbit anyway, hole. Anyway, so hole do, you
0: hole 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 do you have any more notes from your
1: Um you know, no, I think um you know, we've we've really covered everything that um you know, what what really resonates with me with Wally is that you know, that conflict between um you know, we tend to gravitate toward, you know, wanting, um, you know, nostalgic or or comfort when something apocalyptic happens, but it's, you know, that desire or demand for progress and by progress, I mean, more creature comforts, um, You know, uh, you know, we want things better, more comfortable to do more things for us. And, you know, we we're kind of our own worst enemy. And I think that's exactly what this Um, movie illustrates. And, uh, you know, that that uh, we need to be, to your point, committed to helping to solve the problem, not just by. Um, progress, but also by like, you know, revisiting what has worked. I think I love the saying, you know, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I think we do a lot of that. Like you don't have to always be saying, you know, technology is going to solve all of our problems. Well, how about, you know, we evaluate what's worked well and, and use, use some of what we know. Not just what we don't know. Oh God,
0: this reminds me of a conversation I had once in an engineering class. We were waiting for for a professor talking and we were talking about Tesla cars. Mm -hmm. And I said the outlandish thing of like, I think it would be a better use if we just worked on making electric engines we can use to convert cars we already have into electric vehicles. And somebody said, well, that's just like a waste of a good engine to put in like ugly old cars. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and I I think I just remember saying the fact it's like, the amount of resources we're going to waste building new cars would be ridiculously pointless. It's just, it would be so much better if we just like used what we had and could make it affordable. So like, you know, like, okay, let's not just switch over transit and how we do public transportation in America, but Hey, like maybe let's do a program, like where we like incentivize people to like, Hey, we're going to incentivize a company to make electric engines that we could swap out of current cars.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And,
0: you know, that's never going to happen, though, because, you know, there's no profit motive for that.
1: Yes, exactly. Um,
0: but, exactly. Exa- so. But like. You well,
1: know. so um, in the spirit of, uh, you know, sticking with our theme um, of apocalypse, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we live on a horse farm, um, just telling our listeners and mm-hmm. we have six horses that if we don't bring them in soon, they are going to get apocalyptic on <laughs> us. I think. So yes. I think we better. Yes. Wrap uh, things maybe they were
0: the ones that burned down the house. Um,
1: <laughs> maybe.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Um, so yeah, let's uh, wrap up. So, mom, first off, final thoughts on just like any last statements on like I, I'm with you. I think this overall message is definitely stewardship of Earth. It is.
1: Yep. You yep. know yeah um, yeah
0: you know and we could go on there's so many things i wanted to touch on that we didn't but like for now i just say yes yeah, stewardship of earth is so important um absolutely but you're and i'm gonna give a wally rating of uh, i think nine trash piles out of ten trash piles <laughs> okay
1: i would agree i uh actually i would probably give it a 10 i i think yeah it's, you know it's got everything it's got uh you know, it's clever, it's... Um, I will say,
0: as a grown-ass man, mm-hmm. I have facial hair. I am a large mm-hmm. person. This is in my top ten movies. Definitely in my top yeah. ten
1: yeah, I would I would uh, second that it was really fun to watch it again. I was glad to finally have an excuse to yeah. watch a kid's movie. It's been a long time. Um, but you know, really, really love the uh the story behind it. And it's not just good entertainment and it's cute and it's romantic. And you know, I will confess that um I uh, you know, I shed a tear uh <laughs> at the end there. But uh, you know, uh it, it it was a good
0: one. So I'm really glad I <laughs> I'm not a big movie crier. <laughs> I think I didn't get that from you or dad, which because you guys have uh both had that reputation of being a bit of a movie uh, criers. I, I don't. Um I had, it's like the one thing that always makes me like really like start shedding tears is like anything to do with like the Holocaust. Um
1: well, that tells me that you have emotions. So <laughs> Yeah. That's good. That's, you know, if you're uh, you, here for uh, anything, that's, yeah. that would be appropriate. So thank you. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, no. And that's
0: just because like, you know, talk about possible events, like just like how that's changed the world and oh God, how horrible that was. But um, yeah, this movie, I think, again, like, I think it's, I hope someone else makes a movie like this. I I don't think we're going to see a lot of things like this because I think, unfortunately, we're instead of a way of now just ignoring the problem. So, um, yeah, I think that's it for this episode. Join us next time when we either discover to talk about one piece of Russian literature that's going to be uber depressing or a incredibly depressing uh, Russian movie.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to do the movie uh, for sure. So. um, We're going to watch Stalker, Mm -hmm. um, which I have heard is, uh, you know, it is supposed to be a really good movie, but, um, you know, (laughs) very intense and specific. So. Looking forward to sharing our thoughts. I feel like it's going to be a very different podcast than the Wally one. We may have to go back and watch Wally again. Is that going to be the
0: the aftermath of every episode? Is that we have to go back and watch Wally? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Eventually, this will
1: just become a a podcast about Wally. It'll be the Wally podcast.
0: (laughs) I bet you that already exists. All right. Probably. All right. Well, we've been me, my mother, and the apocalypse. I've been McLean. I've been
1: the mother. And thanks for having (laughs) me on. Thanks for thinking of this, McLean. I uh, Uh, I enjoyed your time. All right. Goodbye. Bye.